Looking for the highest quality, most versatile artificial intelligence voiceover software? Here's Murph, state-of-the-art voice and sound building software and proud sponsor of the MHL Podding in the Corner podcast. Yeah, it's a little better. How's it going, boys? What's up? How are you? Good. Just back from driving from uh, Scranton, dropping Zach off. So, how was brunch? It was wonderful. It was a little better than a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> did you have to get tested coming back from Scranton? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did drive on President Joe Biden's highway, and I felt really uh, presidential about that. <laughs> it's his day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys in or out on canada is it is it a go it's still a go yeah we'll see what'll happen I need a truck well i'm driving home from, i'm driving home from pittsburgh to california if it's uh canada falls apart so just put that in put that out there <laughs> when we get to quebec we have to go to camp where do we have to go and drink tea oh yeah Chris requested that. Yeah, the something uh, room. It, it's the big castle in Quebec City. Okay. Yeah. We have to do high afternoon tea or something? Yes. And cakes? Yeah, he's been doing his research. That's... I'm a little scared. <laughs> he, he has places to go because he asked us, he's like, like do you, where are you guys going? Like, do you have a list of places? And we're like, I No. <laughs> I think he has to wear the elbow length gloves if he's going to take us there. Mm. You know, the women always wear those real long white yeah. gloves for high tea thing. Kip asked if, if tea could be switched for beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're right, Jack. They, they are still requiring a negative within 72 hours. Yeah. And that's a PRA. Uh, there are places like Dave, Pat, and I, I think all went to the same place up by Dave's house. And it was what, it's like, what, a hundred bucks or something. And you get Seven, results. Yeah. 75 bucks. And they get you the results usually like the next day. Yeah. All right. So that's what I need to figure out. Cause I may have to come to Pittsburgh a day earlier if I've got to get that done. Cause I was planning on coming in on the 16th. Cause we go up on the 17th, but maybe I'll have to come in on the 15th. Well, if you come in on the 15th, Tuesday the 15th is the first day of Kolsch service at Dancing Gnome. So we could all meet at Dancing Gnome and do Kolsch service uh, for as long as the glasses last. What does that mean for those of us who don't know what Kolsch service (laughs) means? So Kolsch service in Cologne. So Kolsch comes from Cologne, Germany. And their traditional Kolsch service, and Kolsch is a lighter, you know, it's probably four between four and five percent lighter 
combination of uh it's an ale that's lagered so ale yeast but it's lagered over a period of weeks months and so Kolsch service is you get these stonges and they're uh eight to ten ounce glasses very thin rods uh and you get served Kolsch and stonges and they will keep bringing once your glass is empty they will keep bringing you a full glass of kolsch until you put your coaster on top of your glass to signify that you are done drinking kolsch that is kolsch service do people die during this (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say kip maybe there is a kolsch regimen that you can teach on the uh on, on the next podcast like how to defibrillate a somebody who has been overserved during coach service. So do we do we want to start with features since uh, we don't have any finals to talk about in hockey? I I do want to talk about my hockey team. Just all right, know, we can do that first then. Because I think I think you really need to be prepared because I have taken down Bree. I mean, I annihilated them last last. <laughs> Wow. No doubt. From just, taken down to annihilated. And then I'm taking down number two in the power rankings, which would be Andy's team, yeah. and just crushing him. I mean, there's no doubt I'm going to win this time. And then I did the math, and I think if I win all my games and everybody else loses, <laughs> I should make the playoffs. Wow. But all of you have to lose, all other 15 teams. No, you only need one, two, three, four, five, six. You only need seven teams to lose to get in the playoffs in your conference. Oh, see, yeah, you don't care about your conference. You don't, you don't care about us. Yeah, you better start trading more players. I think if you want to hold that into the bargain, I there maybe I get rid of Connor. I got some availability. I mean, they definitely. Uh, would, would Connor ever leave your team? I don't know about that. I think we talked about that last week. I'm not sure. I mean. Certainly reasonable offers would be entertained. What's reasonable? <laughs> uh, Next of kin. Gonna, well, I'd have to take like a... Mo Sala. Mo would be in the equation, I think. <laughs> like um, a first-round pick for the next 10 years? No, I think I would have to get somebody decent plus a, probably a first round. So, I mean, something along those lines. Kip, have you played Glenn yet? I've been crushed by Glenn okay. two or three times, I think. Okay. No, you guys are the same division. Okay. Okay. I can give you a Detroit defenseman, young up and comer, plus my first round pick for McDavid. Get Dylan Larkin out of my division. <laughs> I, have a nice, I have a nice offer for a top flight center. I may send the same one along to you. What, what's your top flight center? No, no. An offer for another top flight center that I have not heard back on. Uh, would you like uh, Shifley or Miller? No. All right. Hey, Joe Pavelski uh, just scored. He said top flight. <laughs> there you go, Glenn. As you're talking centers, Joe Pavelski scored for you. All right, Joe. Live on go, the buddy. podcast. Well, Jack, if you don't mind, throw up uh, throw up the Nordique score. By the way, we're beating the ten and four Moncton Fruit Loops. Uh, look at Shifley there with 19 points. So nothing today, though. Nothing today. They didn't play. 
Now, is there, is there tensions in the dancing gnome house with that this week, this month? Oh, uh, no, no tension. We actually have a side bet. We've got a $20 six-pack riding on the outcome of this uh, this game. So, nice little side bet. I'm actually trying to get Brett to uh, – ooh, that's a, that's a tight match right there. Actually trying to get Brett to join – the podcast to talk hops uh the next time we we uh we talk hops another point live on the podcast heiskanen just had an assist for the week kings so um, glenn you know don't dismiss mark shifley as a top flight center he had a slow start to the season but all things balance out in the end so he's going to be top heavy so get him while you can all right. Well, I'll, I'll take a look. Yeah. I, I haven't assessed him recently. You do that. I will give you a third round pick for him. Wait, Precisely? let me think about that. Yeah. Precisely? Nah. I agree. That was dumb. Fourth round. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toronto Hockey's uh, continuing the hot streak, still in the leading for yeah. the money so far. Yeah, look at that. So look at that go. projected score of 100. Wow, look at that goaltender, 27 points. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, we got to do something about that goalie scoring. I mean, this is, this. we're three weeks in, so that's an average of whatever, you know, eight, nine points a week, which is still pretty solid for a goalie. Toronto a no Hockey's goalie is would be in the game with the lefties and floppers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. would be far yeah. behind. Yeah. This is a long week. Well, Dave and I battled. We were back and forth like, a point apart for days and days and days in a row, but today wasn't a good day for uh, for SoCal. Still not over, is it? Oh, no, but uh, we still got another week. Yeah, long way to go. I'm sure Calgary has 14 more games to go. <laughs> is it? Is it next? Is it the 28th or is it next Saturday? Next Saturday. Saturday. So 26. This has got to be the longest week we've ever had in the history of this league. Yeah, no doubt. It's a marathon. It feels like at least three weeks. Well, and it's caused uh, Toronto to slow down, so let's hear the count. <laughs> and now, this week's Toronto No Hockey Transaction Tracker. The count is at 57. TNH will need to pick up the pace and average 3.75 pickups over the next four weeks to get to the over-under target of 72. 3.75 is more than a half pickup a week above his current weekly average. So wow. it's going to be tough, I think. The unders are going to win. How much of a player am I getting with 0.75 of a pickup? Am I getting like <laughs> the top three quarters or the bottom three quarters? Uh, oh. I, since they're on skates, I'd probably say the bottom's about Yeah, better, I'd want the bottom. I, I think if it's top. Mike Madonna, you get the top. Uh, <laughs> good hair, tan, tan. tan face. Tan. You can skate on his knees. And then so yeah, the floppers and the lefties, that's the, uh, Wow. Oof. That's a that's a good one week score. Their goalies have five between them. <laughs> Twenty six was Yikes. what uh, Toronto no hockey's goalie. <laughs> wow. Yikesers. You kind of expect maybe there's a lot of injuries or something, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, not just minor apparently. Yeah. Uh, they're fighting for draft picks anyway. Yep. Bottom of the bottom of our division. They're fighting for the name Bree. Hmm. Hmm. Well, they're both playing like they want the name. Right How about, uh, 
Alex Chuck's current score is 69 and his projected is 96. Do you think he's not loving that? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he listens to the podcast and finds out. It's like the, the uh, Cheers episode, and it is. So how are you doing in the power rankings, Mike? Well, I, it'll be interesting after this week because, you know, we're probably top four, I think, so far, well, you know. Our, our record is the only thing. Look at that. We're seventh in the power rankings and double digits on points and breakdown with that pathetic record. So it's just a matter of bad timing. We're still a very solid squad with a very good number one center, Glenn. Very good number one center. I'll give you a fourth round pick for him right now. Right now. You better throw in a bunch of beer. I'll bring. I'll, I'll throw in... Beer All you left beer that we brought up to your yeah. house. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that beer. What do you, you drink? Want a fourth round pick for Shifley? What's that? You don't round, you don't want a fourth round pick. Shifley's fetching at worst a two. We can get a one from Glenn. Oh, look at that! He's not giving you a one. Uh, we can maybe throw in uh, somebody else too. Yeah, I need a defenseman. Oh, we've got plenty of those. We've I'll, got Josie. I'll, I'll trade you a defenseman, Dave. I've got uh, I got three out of I got three of my four, three of my guys, 14, 11, and nine this week. So yeah, Hedman looks good. Yeah, fourth round pick, Hedman. <laughs> Let me see if we can make a three way trade and get Shifley into it somehow. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. So I, how about this? Shifley and Hedman come to my team. And you guys split the fourth round pick. Mm. And whoever finishes lower gets the fourth round pick or something like that. Some kind of, you guys aren't going to take it. That's fine. Fucking, you are one generous dude, Dave. Fucking Connor Hellebuck. Gets 18 I'll points on the bench this week before I get rid of him, before I trade him away. More points than he had yeah. all season so far. Yeah. How much are you hating that guy right now? Oh, I'm hating that guy big time. <laughs> Who was it? Who are you hating? Uh, Hellebuck. I traded him to Kip, and uh, I took him oh, out of my lineup because I had my trade him. offer into Kip for Anderson. So I put the Huso guy in, yeah. and then Kip made the trade, but he made it after the deadline, so I had Hellebuck on my yeah. bench, who then explodes for 18 oh. points, yeah. so, which would have me in the front. So thanks, Kip. Be an hour late on the deadline. Um, it wasn't intentional. You were saving lives, I'm sure. I can't be too mad at you. <laughs> so, Kip, I've, I've got to ask, how, like, what filter do you have on where you are super sharp and bright and clear and everything behind you <laughs> is super fuzzy and dark? It's called the blur. Okay. It's, it's just a background. You can You can change yours, I think. He installed studio lighting for his YouTube Dr. Hogg segment. Kind of look yeah. good. I just don't want, you know, if I have like naked women walking behind me, they, it's just a blur and not. Gotcha. Yeah. You never know. That could happen. Well, if, Kip, if that happens, please blur yourself and keep in. Yeah. That's what I was trying to Kip, can you blur your face <laughs> and just put the rest in focus? Yeah. Well, that light is bright. I think I saw boobs. No, no, maybe not. All right. Are we done with hockey? Any more hockey talk? Well, good. Got nothing. All right. team sucks. Roll into features. I, I, so I've got a I've got a new lead in for the features. I think you guys will enjoy. Oh, <laughs> and, and I've got a, and I got a little Murph lead into this. So ready for that? I love it. Here we go.
Following biting criticism from TV celebrity Dave Rhodes, MHL Podding in the Corner offers this week's Wheelo feature. The order the wheel gives us is the order the features will appear this week. So after you gave me all that grief for, yes, yeah, reverse order, that's fine. After you made uh, Mike, uh, after you gave me grief for putting Mike after Kep, I think I figured we should pick it random, but I hope you guys like the pictures I've given all you, given you guys. The biting criticism I thought was a great line. So good writing there. There's some good tools. (laughs) I thought you'd like those tools. I'm loving this little uh, website. What's that? Kip, have have you had to use those a few times? Because they look interesting. Yeah. No, I have not used those. You, you haven't worked in a mash hospital recently, huh? Yeah. So those, did, those were probably from 1800s. I was just going to say, was that surgery surgery in the Abraham Lincoln era? So. Probably Civil War, yeah. So Dave's rules, first winner is uh, last to go. Is that the way this works? <laughs> but that, you got to build the excitement. All right, here we go. This will be uh, feature number three tonight. Better sounds. So Mike goes Mike, last. He can wing something. And here's who goes first. Looks like Kip goes first. I got it. Very appropriate. I got a big. I gave you the MGM lie in there, Dave. I don't know if you caught that. I do it. No, I guess you can't do it again. Oh, uh, yeah, I can do it again, right? Let's do it. It sounded like an art bark. Uh, so we got to hear Kip's sound, too. Just playing. Storm. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Kind of a scary sound for a scary segment, right, with all those tools. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Dave, did I not bring you some uh, dancing gnome beer as well this week? So you actually have some dancing gnome beer? You, you did. And then I went to the fridge and, and just grabbed whatever was in there and I pulled out something that wasn't dancing gnome. So. Right. Well, those were the other beers I brought you. Yeah. Oh, the, you brought these ones too. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's my. Are those only brewed seasonally? Yeah. I can't find them. Okay. That it, uh, it comes out like late November. And then when it's out, it's out until the next time. Okay. I haven't been able to find any of those. Yeah. My favorite beer. So I, I don't have, and I'm sorry, Jack, you were going to no, maybe. I'll go. So I don't have a segment for this week, but I do, I did want to announce what the hop will be the next time we gather, if that's next week or whenever. Uh, we, we are going to talk about Triumph hops and the reason uh, for selecting Triumph is it's a hop, obviously. It's a band, good, great Canadian band, and a car. Isn't there a Triumph car out there somewhere, like Europe or something? So how can you go wrong with Triumph? So we will talk about Triumph. We also brewed a 
uh, a beer or, or packaged a beer earlier this week uh, with Citra and Triumph hops. So we'll, we'll talk about Triumph next week. Welcome to Mike T's world of hops. This week Mike played the role of Rapscallion and teased us with the idea of telling us about Chinook, then bailed out at the last minute on giving any report at all. That was same last minute production there, by the way. Oh, that's good stuff. In Mike's defense, he did he did give us the Kolsch description. So while it's not hops, we we all learned a little bit today. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so drop a little bit of beer knowledge. And then Jack now has an opportunity to do a little Kolsch day. Skip out earlier. Yeah, I yeah. think it's. I, I think Mike, uh, you should get some credit for that. No, oh, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. You want a first round pick for that? Yeah, I could, I could use one. <laughs> <laughs> or, a, or, a, or a fourth round center to Dave's estimation. So you guys got to send me those. You. you guys send me the specifics on where to get tested, so I know what time to be there by and all that sort of stuff. Because I'll be driving in from Central PA that day. Yeah, we can do that. It's going to be a dude in a, a van by the river. <laughs> but you're going to get your test results instantly. It looks strikingly like Chris Farley. He gets the test results quickly. It's worth it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a rectal swab, too. <laughs> yeah. it's, a new, it's a new test, right? Kip, there coming out with to make sure it's, especially when you go to Canada, you got to make sure it's extra good. <laughs> Why do I have to drop my pants for this test? I don't remember having to do that before. Well, you know Somebody the best knows. way to the best way to monitor the thing is in the uh, we we I have to pay attention. I don't have to. But I do the uh, amount of virus in the sewage. Actually, they yeah, track it yeah, and they report yeah, it on yeah. a daily basis, and so that's a much more uh, I think up to date, realistic description or whatever of of what's going on compared to cases themselves. So. How much virus is in the sewage? Uh, a lot. You'd be well. I, I only track San Diego, so it's been dropping pretty fast. Depends on the surge. Depends on the peak. Hmm. It it follows the peak just a little bit, about two yeah. three hours. So when we have COVID, are we pooping out the virus little by little? Yeah. Yep. I guess that's a question for you. <laughs> yes. Hey. Is that a yes? Here you go, Dave. That'd be affirmative. So, so there's, there's the San Diego have, scale. So, say bigger bowel movements would we get over the disease quicker yes damn this is fat this is now i know why I, I handled it so well why don't they report this on the news <laughs> yeah, this would be information that would be helpful yes right i would have pooped more <laughs> well it, it also i mean this is related but unrelated but and kip please correct me if i'm wrong but if you're drinking when you pee and poop, you're also evacuating alcohol. So if you're going to drive <laughs> after you drink, you should take a nice big large piss before you do that. Okay, yes. like you're you're doing like a circular thing. Like I I agree with you a hundred percent, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I never doubt your logic. It's, it's hard. <laughs> no, I'm asking for medical. Like I thought I read like that is medically a fact. It's not logic. It's there's there's blood or there's alcohol in your urine, and so when you pee, you're removing some content of alcohol. Recording from in progress. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there's a lawyer sitting just off camera, and <laughs> advising him not to speak. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 
every 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 doc with a on a podcast has a lawyer in the room with them, right? <laughs> That's why the background's blurred. There's a team of lawyers back there. Yes, just, yeah, yeah. I was Don't advised not to say a word. <laughs> Do not comment on COVID. Oh, gotcha. All right, fair enough. And Baldwin. So you get pulled over and then just ask the officer if you can take a picture. <laughs> you can piss before you take for you. The outspats. Woo. All right, Kip, you ready? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Welcome to Trust Me. This won't hurt at all with Dr. Hogg. This week, Dr. Hogg will teach us how to perform a stop the bleeding tourniquet. So this I chose specifically because you guys were kind of um, wanted to do something without needles. I think it was kind of freaking you guys out a little bit. So um, this does not require any needles. Um, have you guys heard about like the stop the bleed sort of um, sort of uh, wave of trying education? Uh, to try to uh, use um, pressure and tourniquets to help in trauma victims, that kind of stuff. All right. So this has nothing to do with a, a woman's monthly flow then, <laughs> about the stop the bleed movement. So not necessarily it could, we could oh. te technically do some packing and some pressure in that situation, but it, it, it's not typically seen or using that, that uh, scenario. So um, we do have a nice video. Um, it's about six and a half minutes long, I think, Jack. Um, ready, ready when you are. Um, well, let me, I'll do a little intro and then we'll, we'll queue up the, the video. Um, so, so when there's a couple of things, obviously when somebody is having some life-threatening bleeding, um, whether it's traumatic event, typically that's what's going to happen. It's going to be like a active shooter scenario. I mean, it could happen in Canada when we're up in Barrie. It, it's possible. Um, so, you know, active shooter type of thing you've got. Um, the first thing you want to do is obviously protect yourself. Um, so, you know, you don't want to run into an active shooter environment and try to save somebody's life if, you know, the active shooter is still there. Um, so you want to, you know, obviously protect yourself. And then, um, you want to be able to identify that, yeah, this person is in trouble and have, you know, maybe as an artery that's spurting out uh, blood or, or real rapid venous bleeding that, you know, the patient is, uh, you know, going to die if you don't do something. And if you don't apply pressure or stop that bleeding within a few minutes, um, you know, they're pretty much dead. So, uh, so you want to obviously, um, things you want to remember, like the, they talk about the P's. So, um, you know, pressure packing and, um, the, you know, prepare kind of thing. So, and then the tourniquet is used, um, kind of as, as a last resort, if the pressure and packing don't work and, and obviously you have to have a tourniquet or, you know, some sort of tourniquet device. Um, they make a lot of commercial type tourniquets. That I, I always keep in my you know back pocket just in case. Um, so I'll bring some to the, uh, to uh, Canada with us just in case. Well, I need one after my rectal COVID testing. <laughs> um, you probably need packing, probably, probably not a tourniquet, Okay, but Mike, Mike will help you with the packing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
that is the new yeah. Trudeau do, right? <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the, you know, the, the first thing you want to do, obviously, is, is, is call 911. Obviously, if you have somebody who's down, activate 911. So at least you got somebody on their way because once you, let's say you have this bleeding artery in somebody's leg, um, you want to do is you want to put pressure on it right away. And this is like your full body weight pressure. You want to put as much pressure as possible. Even if, even if Dave Rhodes is saying, "Ow, it hurts. It really hurts bad. Just, just keep pushing on it and, and just try to include that blood vessel. Um, and you just keep doing that until, until help arrives. So Kip, um, I have a question and I can wait until after the video if you want me to ask it, but because um, maybe the video explain or will describes the answer to my question, but you tell me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go with the question. Let's go. So you remember the Clint Malarchuk incident? Oh, yeah. Don't put a tourniquet on his neck. <laughs> and, or pressure. Like you're talking like super heavy pressure. How did they save him? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm sure it was pressure. It was probably, you know, you can't occlude both sides um, of the neck. Obviously, you have two large arteries on either side. So you put pressure on one side. The other artery hopefully is still working and um, supplying blood supply to his brain. But, yeah, you can't put the tourniquet around the neck. That's, I mean, you can do it. Was that it, though? Like, so they got, you know, whoever the trainers were, they got towels and just put heavy pressure on the side of the carotid. That's the carotid? Is that was? Yeah, carotid, carotid artery and, and the jugular vein. I'm not sure. In his scenario, I, I'm not sure which, which got cut. I would imagine um, it, it may have been the, the jugular vein may have been the carotid artery. If it, that's a tough one. I mean, if that gets cut, that's a, that's a major artery and so, be tough to even stop that with pressure. So but. maybe before we go to your video, we'll do the video of what you can't use this for. Good idea. Ben Wahoe stopped by the left pad. Here's Bodger sending it back in front now. Comes back to the line, kept it by Cruz. Now recovered by Lauder, gets it back over the line. Here's the pass on into the Buffalo zone. Mahar goes to the corner of the pass. And, oh, wow. Uh, watch Malarchuk. That's the story right oh, now with yeah. oh, 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 look at it. That is the. Oh, my God. Oh, that's oh, good. Please take the camera off and don't even bring it over there. Please. Oh, my God. Just keep it away. Oh, oh terrible. Do you God, see how quick he, the, the uh, you're watching Sabres yeah, hockey. Yeah, and they got him off the ice as quick as possible. Does ice, would ice help at all or not so much? Well, I mean, I, yeah. I think it would down, help. I'm just thinking, yeah. Yeah, not, you know, a major artery, probably not so much, but it definitely helps to vasoconstrict a little bit, so... Uh, the, but again, the pressure is probably the the number one thing to remember. So if if I am in trouble, I want you guys to put pressure, you know, on the artery so I don't die. So this is like Just, in the old days where you do the fabric and you get the stick and you twist it. They were like, yeah, sort of like that. Yeah, they make like you said, they make these commercial ones where it's like a Velcro thing that you kind of wrap around and then you and then tighten it up. Yeah. 
And you want to, again, you want to tighten it as tight as it'll go. Um, you want to stop that bleeding. So, and it's going to hurt like a mother. Hopefully the, hopefully you're unconscious, you know, when it's being applied to you. (laughs) If you lose a leg or an arm, um, I assume you would go straight to the tourniquet and skip the packing. Yeah. Like if you got like an amputation. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Or, yeah. or if it's just like cut, like and it's hanging. Yeah, but like a deep cut. Yeah, I would do both. I would still. I would probably. You're probably going to need a, a tourniquet at some point. Um, but always put pressure first wherever it's bleeding from. And if it doesn't stop bleeding, then the tourniquet. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, if there's no more questions, we can go to the video. It's. I, I like the fact that we're talking about massive bleeding, and Mike had to go get some food. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing phases Mike. He's good. Macadamia nuts. Lawrenceville. Hi, I'm Gina Solomon. I am the trauma program manager here at Gwinnett Medical Center. Uncontrolled life-threatening hemorrhage is one of the leading causes of preventable death after traumatic injury. Gwinnett Medical Center is partnering with the National Stop the Bleed campaign to provide training to bystanders on how to control this life-threatening hemorrhage. Everyone should know how to identify life-threatening bleeding and know how to take the appropriate steps to control the bleeding until help arrives. There are a couple of primary principles to controlling life-threatening hemorrhage. First off is to ensure your own safety. It's very important that you make sure you are safe before you render aid to anyone else. The second principle is what we call the ABCs of bleeding control. A, alert, you wanna call 911. B, bleeding, be able to identify the life-threatening bleeding. And C, compress. And there's three ways that you can compress the bleeding and we're gonna go into detail about each one of those. The first principle of the ABC is A alert, call 911. It is really important that you get the pre-hospital providers Uh in route to take over care while you render aid. B is bleeding, being able to identify what is life-threatening bleeding. If you see bleeding spurting from a wound, pouring from a wound, clothes that are soaked in blood, you have bandages that are soaked in blood. If the person is missing all or part of a limb, an arm or a leg, or the person is becoming dizzy or unconscious, those are all signs of life-threatening bleeding. Wounds that can lead to death from bleeding are often located in the arms and legs, torso junctional, which is the armpits, the groin, or the neck, or the chest and the abdomen or internal bleeding. Unfortunately, with internal bleeding, bystanders cannot really impact those injuries and they need quick access to a trauma center. And then C, compress. There are three ways to compress. First is just holding pressure. It is really important that if you have access to gloves, you want to put those on before you render any care. If you can protect yourself from bloodborne pathogens, this is an important safety step. So you want to put your gloves on. And then if you have access to gauze, that is great. But if you do not, any clean cloth will work. If you have a clean towel, a t-shirt, whatever you may have handy will work just as well. You want to take the gauze or the clean cloth and, and fold it and place it directly over the wound. You wanna put the heel of one hand on the cloth, 
the heel of your other hand on top of your first hand and lean in and put as much pressure on the wound as you can. You want to stay this way until help arrives. Do not peek, you don't wanna look, you just wanna hold pressure until the pre-hospital personnel can arrive and take over care. The second principle of compress is tourniquets. Tourniquets are used when you have life-threatening bleeding to an arm or a leg. If you have access to a bleeding control kit, they will have tourniquets in them. This is a what's known as a cat tourniquet and is the most common tourniquet that is placed in those kits. It is a Velcro band, so you just want to unfold the band and take the circle and place it on the limb over the site of the bleeding. It's really important that you go above the wound and you also want to go above a knee or an elbow. It is okay to put it on top of clothing, just make sure there's nothing bulky in a pocket like keys or such that would um, impact the tension that we're gonna place on the tourniquet. You want to take the Velcro strap and tighten it down on the limb. It just has to be snug. You are then gonna notice there is a rod that is attached to the tourniquet. Once you have the Velcro strap snug on the limb, you want to turn the rod as tight as you can. You're going to twist until you cannot twist anymore and it is very tight. Once you can no longer tighten the rod, you're gonna place it in the C-clip to hold the rod in place. You then can take what's left of the strap and place it on top of the rod through the strap. Many of the tourniquets will have another Velcro strap that you can place over the C-clamp. Tourniquets are very painful and it's okay to tell um, the injured person that this is gonna hurt. You do not want to loosen it. You want to leave it as is until the pre-hospital providers take over care. They can give the person pain medicine to help with the pain, but it is normal for them to feel significant pain after the tourniquet has been placed. The third principle to compress is wound packing. Again, if you have access to gauze, that is great, but if you do not, any clean cloth t-shirt can be used as well. What we're gonna do here is actually insert the gauze or the clean cloth into the wound to stop bleeding. So you want to take the end of the gauze or cloth and actually pack the wound. You want to use your fingers to place the gauze tightly and as deeply into the wound as you possibly can. And you're gonna to continue to pack until you cannot get any more gauze or cloth into the wound. Once you have packed it as tightly as you can, you then want to compress with pressure. So you want to put what's left of your gauze or t-shirt on top of the wound, apply the heel of your hand, the heel of your other hand on top of that, and lean and apply direct pressure. Again, you do not want to let off of the pressure until the pre-hospital personnel arrive to take over care. Bystanders can make a huge impact with life-threatening bleeding until first responders can arrive. The only thing more tragic than a death is a death that can be prevented. Thank you. If, if you close your eyes, that was a group from Ozark sharing that uh, sharing that information. It sounded just like Ruth from Ozark, and Glenn's reaction through the whole thing was priceless.
Well, only if it was Ruth, she'd say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, tr- I'm counting on you guys because, you know, these are you guys are the bystanders. So I want you to save, save our lives. Could we have um, some painkillers with us on the trip then? Some morphine maybe? Hmm. Beer. <laughs> Lots of could beer. We, could we pack beers into your open wound? I don't think so. You can clean it with that beer, sterilize the area, and then put pressure. I feel like I could do this one now. Like the other ones, I'm not feeling so confident. And this one, I feel like I'm ready to I'm ready to give us a whirl. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just need a volunteer. We got to cut some of this major artery. I've watched so many crikes on ER. I think I can do those without any doubt at all. I'm totally ready to do a crike. Nice. That's a confidence. Hey, okay, he did one. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, want for your birthday? You want me to get you a like a, a little mini pocket knife, just so you have it. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? So exterior wounds, interior wounds, we're we're good to go. Yeah, I felt a lot better with that procedure than I did the other ones. Yeah. So yeah, Kip, can I throw out maybe some ideas for uh, future potential? You know, this won't hurt with Doctor Hog. Sure, absolutely. Dislocated joints. Ooh. How to like how to replace properly yeah. a dislocated joint. Yeah, that's a good one. I was uh, one of them, I was thinking about doing shoulder dislocations, and then the stop the bleed kind of came into my. I figured that. I mean, both of those are probably good, especially if we start playing some of that. You know, puck hockey. You know, no skates. Dislocations are going to happen. So yeah, could come in handy yeah, on Colch night, or, or an intense gang of time. True. Yeah. Yeah, it could happen, yeah. Glenn. That the, the segment could be when bones are not in the right place. <laughs> that could be fun. I think I think on that though, you want to know when you should try to displace it. Like, how do you know that? That to me is like I, I would want you guys seeing me plow through a Jenga time thing, and then thinking that I need my shoulder reset when it doesn't really need that. <laughs> <laughs> And then put the tourniquet around your neck. Dislocating your shoulder. Yeah. So I'll make sure we discuss the how to identify a dislocation before we actually. Thank you. Do a reduction. Here it comes, Glenn. Nice. I love the Harry Potter scarf. Oh. Yeah. Whose was that? I stole that from someone. Stephen Pittsburgh. Where's the sound at on this? That's so graceful. Yeah, I wish we had people that could have held up numbers for a score. Could have hurt your shoulder on that. Oh, there's a Chelsea sign there. Captured that. Is, that. is that the first time you've ever worn something like Pittsburgh in your yeah, life? It could be. You could have definitely I can't gotten... I how many times I've worn a scarf in my life. That's could've... definitely one of the few. Could have definitely dislocated oh, something there. You had a good role there. You, like the follow-up role to displace the energy. Well done. I didn't go right through the wall, surprisingly. Yeah, that would have been even funnier, but. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't land on a block and like. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or something. <laughs> there's a lot of. Million to one shot, Doc. <laughs> I think we may, that may be a one, one and done scenario. That's probably not a good idea to try that again. Not at your age. What are you drinking, man? Crawl. 
pass. Pastry Arky. It's pretty good. Milk stout. From where? Duclaw. Oh, Duclaw. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Tasty. So, Dave, do you have a TV uh, segment for us? I do. I could go in a number of directions with it. All right, well. What I'm watching, featuring veteran TV producer and celebrity Dave Rhodes. Brought to you exclusively by Dancing Gnome Brewery. <laughs> I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada. Exclusively, so you have no other sponsors now. <laughs> so we, we haven't done this in a while, so I, I've accumulated a lot of stuff. So I could give you three categories. You could pick one, or I could pick one, an individual choice for each of you. Should we do the wheel? Oh, we could, uh, we could do the wheel. Yes, let's do the wheel. All right, well, here, talk. Four choices. All right. How, how quick can you doctor the wheel? I'll talk for a little bit while I pull it up. Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of stuff's been building up. You, But you still haven't started uh, uh, the Gilded Age yet, right? So, actually, I have. What's, so, what's choice number one? So, choice number one, call it lost. Choice number two, call it war. Choice so number intriguing. three. So intriguing. Call it crime. Choice number four. Oh, crap. Four choices. Hold on a second. (laughs) Okay. Choice number four is uh, a show per guy. I'll give you each one recommendation for each guy here. (laughs) I may have to win that one. I love to bring Will into it. I wonder if under crime, the Tinder swindler is part of that. No? Okay. No. That I have not seen. Or uh, what's the one with Ruth? That, uh, venting Anna. Yeah. Yeah, that I did see. <laughs> so are we just doing one spin or are we spinning again? No, that's it. Okay. So war. So there are two movies in this uh this topic, both on Netflix, although I think I think one of them ran out last night. One of them was leaving Netflix, and I think it left on February 18th, so two nights ago. Anywho, so I don't even know why I would tell you to watch that one, because it's not there anymore. So let's just say um, The Edge of Munich, The Edge of War on Netflix. Movie takes place during... Um, 1939 or so. So it's two kids go to Oxford. One's from Germany. One's from England. They're like best friends at school. They go back to their, they get out of school, they get jobs. And one's in Germany, of course, as Hitler's rising up through power, he's kind of like a low level guy in like their state department. The other guy gets a job in like Neville Chamberlain's, office is kind of a lower level guy and then it's all kind of leading up to the munich conference where uh chamberlain meets with hitler and mussolini about the sudetenland and these guys both have to get there to try to avert war or to avert avert chamberlain by making the wrong decision um, pretty good movie. Uh, highly recommend. Um, it treats Chamberlain a very favorably, which probably isn't based in real history, but unusual, yeah, yeah. But uh, pretty good look at uh, kind of a pre World War II mindset. 
So we, mm. we, we can't watch it though. No, you can watch that oh, one. Okay. So the other, the other one was called operation finale also set. I mean, it has connections to world war two. So this is, um, a bunch of folks in Israel. What is it? The Mossad? Is that what it is, Mike? So, so agents of Mossad and they discover or they get a tip that Adolf Eichmann is living in Argentina and they kind of get the whereabouts of exactly where he is. And it's about their mission to go and kidnap him from Argentina, not to kill him, to bring him back to Israel to be put on trial for war crimes. Hmm. And, and this group of people that actually went there and did that. Oh, pretty interesting. So let's watch the trailers. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Operation finale. I was going to do the other one first. Paul von Hartmann is known to you. Yes, sir. We were at Oxford together. He has a document in his possession. We'd like you to go to Munich tomorrow and get the document. Skinny Hitler. It'll be yeah, a very skinny espionage Hitler. on foreign soil. Men and women of Britain and the Empire. As long as war is not begun, there is always hope. Really good to see you again. What willst du von mir? Wir sind die letzte Hoffnung, um Hitler zu stoppen. Das ist ein wahrer Plan für Europa. Hitler is lying when he claims to want peace. People will suffer. That document is the proof. Wohin wollen Sie? you for even thinking about it. Come say that. with a gangster without having some cards up on sleeve. I love that actor. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, Jeremy Irons, he's good. That looks good. Yeah, that did look good. I like it. I, I'd definitely give that a look. So so it's interesting because I think all three segments that we talked about could combine into one because we have, we have war, which is a lot of traumatic injuries with bleeding. We have hops that we can use to pack the wounds and then tourniquets. So we're, we're it's like a, you know, a melding of, of well, segments. I don't know who's directing this segment, but this is fantastic. All right. Well, and and I'm sure, Kip, that, uh, you know, in Munich, they were quaffing plentiful pilsners. 
with triumph hops, no doubt. <laughs> oh, there's the lion. <laughs> you have no interest in what I have to say. Unless it confirms what you think Hitler? you already know. Different Hitler. Different, that's not Hitler. Is it? Well, maybe. My job was simple. I don't think so. Save the country I love from being destroyed. And what was this on, Dave? Any different? I have a great enemy of all people. This is actually really Adolf good. Eichmann. The architect of the final solution? The trail went cold in 46. I've Latest seen this one. Suggests Buenos Aires. Yeah, this guy sense. convinced rabbis to load the trains themselves. And not by force. If it is him, we need an elite crew. I'm not joining your hit squad. I would happily put a bullet in between his eyes, but that's not what we're doing here. This is strictly catch and extract. Eichmann will stand trial here in Israel. Think what it means. Finally, publicly, holding to account the man who organized our slaughter. She aspirated it Other properly there, kid. The pen. <laughs> if you succeed, for the first time in our history, we will judge our executioner. And we will warn off any who may wish to follow his example. If you fail, he escapes justice. Forever. I beg you, do not fail. Ben King, I saw that. I think I saw that. Ben King was, he was great in that. Oh, yeah. Very evil. I, I saw that movie. Yeah, I saw that movie. It was really good. It was on Netflix, not on Netflix anymore, but maybe it can be found on Amazon Prime or something like that. Good choices. I'm sure you can watch it on your plentiful. Oh, yeah, of course. I can watch it on my, my yeah. sites. Let me give one more recommendation. And this one, I, I thought of Kip when I saw this movie. So do you remember the kids? It was like a 13 soccer, soccer player kids in Thailand got trapped in a cave that flooded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah recently, I, can, I mean, like in the last ten years. Yeah, it's like yeah. Probably two years ago, six years ago, five years ago, something like that. Yeah. So they did a documentary about uh, how they got them out of the cave, which I, I never even realized how they did it, and it's fascinating. So it's on Disney Plus. It's called uh, the Rescue documentary. Really interesting. Involves um doctors do, do, do you know how they got them out of the cave i i don't recall um I, there was the like the the soccer like coach was there with them too like one adult and then were kids yeah. they have to train them how to do something did they have to train them how to like stay out of water for a certain period of time or something so first of all the the seals of 
Thailand, you know, not the actual animals, the actual, you know, army guys. <laughs> they tried to dive to get to the kids, but couldn't because apparently cave diving is way different than normal diving. And they couldn't navigate the caves and get to these kids. So they got these two guys, they got these two middle-aged guys from England who ha- happened to meet a woman who flew back to this town in Thailand the, the day before. And she, it was in her hometown that this happened. She called them up and said, oh my God, you guys are cave divers. This cave is flooded. There's kids trapped. I guess they've gone in other caves and gotten people out and saved people or gotten the bodies out of caves. So these two middle-aged guys come down, they go in the cave. Uh, they, it takes a while cause they're way in there, like a couple miles in, they get to the kids and they're the ones that help figure out how to get them out. And they get them out by now this, this is getting into Kip's territory again. <laughs> they sedate them. They put them under heavy sedation to knock them out and then put on all the equipment and snorkel them out basically by carrying them. So if, if I'm stuck in a cave like that, I want to be sedated too. Because <laughs> that's the only way I'm so claustrophobic. I would be like, yeah. before we do anything, before we I crag, need- before we turn a kit, before anything, we want a sedation. Yeah. Okay. Sedate. Sedation's and good. Beer works. Well, they, they came up with the sedation plan because they came across four other guys before they ever got to the kits. There were four guys who were helping to pump out the tunnel of water. <laughs> and these four guys, fell asleep on the job and the cave waters built up and then they got trapped. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, like the kids are here, you know, the openings here and these guys are here. So the two English cave divers come upon these four guys first and they're like, all right, the water's rising. We got to get you four guys out first. So they basically have an extra tank and a, and a breathing apparatus. They take one guy and it, it's like horrible because he's thrashing about and he he's freaking out like, he, you know, because he's claustrophobic and all that, too. And they're like, there's no way kids can be taught to scuba dive in a cave and, and get out. And they're trying to, you know, like maybe we can dig down through the top into the tunnel and bring them out in a different way. But that doesn't work. And the other option was, well, we got to leave them in there for three months until the monsoon rains stop <laughs> and they can just walk out. <laughs> so, so did they bring a doctor in to sedate them, the kids? Or so, well, yes, those English guys, th- those guys knew a bunch of other cave divers that they brought in to help them. And one of those guys was an anesthesiologist. However, that guy couldn't do all of them. He could do the kid he was with. And the other thing is, so basically they were taking like a kid per diver and he was going, when you got halfway through, you had to give him another shot. So they had to teach all the divers how to give these shots to these kids. And they were talking about how, how horrible it was because you're giving them the shot. They're out. Now you're putting a mask on and pushing them into the water like you're drowning these kids and how like traumatizing that is. Wow. They got them all out safely. Yeah. It's amazing. Cool. It's an amazing story. I definitely watch that. So all four guys fell asleep at the same time. <laughs> yeah. 
They, they had one job to pump the water. Yeah, they had right. one job. They missed the call to evacuate when the water started rising. Good stuff. All right. Well, we have one more video before I turn off the YouTube. So let's get to it. Mike T's Mohamed Salah regret of the week. Guarantee of goals. Did you see the pass from the goal? Oh, it's crazy. It, it was phenomenal. And then his receipt of the pass. He's amazing. Here it is. And even with Grant Hanley and Kenny McLean go side of him, they can still pass the ball into the net. Wonderful finish. Terrific ball oh. from the goalkeeper to catch Norwich out. Looked as if the chance had gone. And he's just wrong-footed both Hanley and McLean, who are goal side them. What a clearance that is from Allison there. Wonderful first touch from Salah. Little reverse, and Hanley and McLean are sent the wrong way. Wonderful finish. And remarkably, Liverpool have turned this game on its head. That was a pretty great goal. Things are tightening up a little bit in the uh, MPL. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry they is are. catching up to you. Yes, they are. I'm falling farther behind. Jerry's hot. There's definitely been some movement in the standings in the last few weeks. Yep. Yep. Jerry's, uh, Jerry's on fire. That's 250 the last two weeks. Wow. <laughs> I want to break time. time. Spear break for Glenn, yeah. No arrows in this. Didn't, couldn't find a video of an arrow going into a soccer player. Hold on. You guys, uh, before you get there, I got to show you this video. Or, hold on. I had it. Where is it? Since we were talking about... Uh, Sid getting his 500? No. No? No, not that one? If you want to stop me, you're going to have to fucking kill me. <laughs> I love that girl. She's a dot. <laughs> Rude. She is crazy. Recording stopped. Okay. Yeah, I won't. I won't complain much about the team scoring, but I mean, Jerry scored 15 points in a 3-0 loss. I got <laughs> negative three in a 3-2 win. It's just insane. The score. Yeah, the team scoring is. It's really weird though, right? Because I think you got to give for teams. You got to give the possession thing is important. I think. Yeah. Um, most important. You. Yeah, it's the Corner. most important. It's the, oh, here we go with the corners. <laughs> <laughs> Which helps the possession teams and makes it worse. I, I, yeah, I mean, Tottenham got just no possession. It was, it was like 70, almost like 80, 20 or something. It was crazy. And the problem is if you did goals against, say you gave points, if you took away points for goals against, Man City would even be better because they've given up the yeah, fewest I, goals in the season. I think there's a way we can do this that will work better. I'm not sure what it is. Probably more is, for save, more for saves and less for and less negative for offsides or make the I'm offsides a personal think, stat. I think we get rid of teams and and bring in goalies and, and, and figure out a way to to because you know goalies on bad teams make a lot of saves. Maybe that equals everyone out. I, I, I like, there's maybe a way to do this. Yeah, I think we can adjust, but I like teams. 
Yeah, it seems to cool. I just, I think it's just hard to swallow that you lo- you win the game and you get negative points. That's just a tough. That that's fair. That's you know we can bring in more categories or balance out things for sure. Less on give, possession for sure. You could give well or yeah, less on possession and maybe give a couple points for a win, but more points. Well, no, it's just going to hurt too. I'm just looking at it. so you got one, two, three, four teams in the top ten. So that's really only one too many if you're going to play them as an equal position, right? But it's so you can see kind of how possession is because Leeds and Brighton are right. mid to bottom table. Right. They're the wrong, the wrong teams are yeah. up high because Liverpool yeah. and Man City should be up, up near the top. Leeds and Brighton shouldn't be. And they're getting most of theirs on saves? Possession. Well, Brighton gets the ball possession. 60% of the time. Leeds uh, is a possession team. Brighton gives up shots and gets but, possession. That's the beautiful – if you could – if Man City would give up like three more shots on goal a game, they'd be they'd be ahead of Salah easily. They just don't give up. And any they finally shots. gave up shots to yeah. Tottenham. They all went Tottenham in. scored on. Yeah, they all went in. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's the, I think that's the challenge is right because when you go to the second ten, there's no teams. So yeah. it's it's so it's yeah. It's not it's not as far off as it seems. It always seems bad week to week because if some weird thing happens like that, Kip, where you get one team you know, that shouldn't have that many points. Um, so, Le- yeah, Leeds shouldn't be that high as a bad team. Yeah, I just have to draft a better team. <laughs> I mean, because if you're devising a system, you'd like it to be with four positions, right? You'd like it to be, you can't really go by the top 10, but top 20, you'd like it to sort of be evenly distributed among the positions. Yeah. So that the draft yep. is, you know, not everybody, there's not a run on one position early in the draft. And, I, and it's kind of close to that. I mean, there's D's higher than I expect. Bruno Fernandez has made quite a run. He started out pretty slow, didn't he? No, he, he started out fast, and then he slowed down, and then he took a run recently, right, Dave? He started out on fire. He had a hat trick. The then they game, picked right? up Ronaldo. And he pouted he disappeared. for three months. And now he's starting to come out of it. Because Ronaldo's mm-hmm. not doing anything. It's like they stopped not running. Much. They stopped running the offense through Ronaldo. It seems like. And, just, I mean, Ronaldo's really good at calling for the ball and complaining when he doesn't get it. <laughs> That's his main talent. And then going offside. I mean, if you look at the team's scoring or team standings, it's um, the the team that has the most saves is my team, Man U, with like 92 saves before this week. But I'm also the bottom of the league in offside. So that just shows you like what an, a selfish team Manchester United is. They yeah. give up tons of shots and they all go offside. Yep, that's right. They are not a team. So they shouldn't be and a high-scoring team. Which is weird. And they're fourth in the league, which is somehow they're getting it done, but they are not a good team. And and they beat up women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so speaking of that, I was just perusing the transactions in the, in our soccer league and noticed that Jerry had picked up Mason Greenwood. I saw that. And yeah. He dropped him though. So that, that's odd. They picked him up, but I, I guess he didn't know, but whatever. Maybe he thought he'd come back, but then he dropped him and picked up Pierre Emerick. He's playing in like Italy he's or France played, or something, right? He scored two goals for Barcelona, Barcelona this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry's going to win the league. <laughs> and Jerry's going to win the league. <laughs> All right, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> well, if you go back up or go to those top scores again, if you don't mind, Jack, uh, 
my top scoring forward has is on the bench and has 120 points. The rest of them are in the mid fifties. And that's what you get for not drafting a forward in the first round. Like if you don't draft a forward in the first round, you're fucked. I didn't draft a Actually, forward in the first it, round. Well, I draft. I didn't. You're fucked on forwards. I mean, I don't. Jack didn't draft a forward in the first round. I know, but you. Uh, you know, I don't think our scoring's that messed up because the the best four the best four players at their positions are those. Salah's definitely the best forward. Alexander's yeah. definitely the best. City's the best team, and Fernandez is you know probably the best midfielder. Yeah, they're, yeah. and they're all the top at their position. So it's it's not that it's 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 yeah, like we were saying, it's the only thing I would really look at hard is this piece is is these midland teams that keep the ball a lot but don't do anything with it. And I'm sorry, Dave, you didn't draft the forward, but you drafted a score. Yeah, I think for the teams, if you if you the win should count more. I mean, you get more points for a win. because I, I think um, goal differential should factor in, and, and possession needs to come way down. Maybe it's a possession like we're doing in the other league where it's yeah. like if you, you get more point than 50%, yeah, you get, you get yeah. right, you get it. right. It's the possession that's really bizarre. Now, Mike, Mike, did you not draft a forward? Didn't you have an option to draft? <laughs> Mike T's Mohamed Salah regret of the week. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack's Mike. too good at this. I didn't uh, do anything else, so that one was still up. <laughs> yeah, so that's the problem, right? Is I don't know. I think the ranges still make sense, but instead of 3, 5, 10, and 15, maybe it's 1, 3, 7, and 10 or something like that. Because yeah. I think then I think uh, then you're going to start to dis you're going to start to devalue teams, and I like the idea of teams. Because I don't think you can throw other things to bump up teams, right? Right. But maybe yeah. to bump up. Why well, do they not have corners in there? I want to see corners. Oh, well, it's in here. You can do them. Yeah. See. Yeah. Do they have um, categories for goalies? Yeah. Well, I'm just saves because we have saves. They don't have goalie score goals. I looked at that when you mentioned that in the text to see if you could. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I looked at that one because I looked at goals and there wasn't one for goalies. Uh, and assist because Allison just got an assist on a goal by Salah. Though I assume yeah, that – well, no, I take that back. We could do it because we could set up goals. For that position. For that position, right, because defenders get more points for a goal than a forward gets. Um, yep. So I could set up, you know, we could, that could be the anti own goal and be 20 or something, given how f- frequent it happens. Well, it, it, probably 50. It never happens, right? So they have long balls, long aerial kick from either goaltender, goaltender or defender. Oh my God. There's, there's an insane amount of stats we could do. <laughs> it's crazy. I think it's a way to get goalies involved. Speaking of own goals, do you see how, uh, and not that it matters because I'm in eighth place, but did you see how I got away with one on, uh, on that, in that game yesterday? What team? Uh, Liverpool, that goal, the goal Norwich scored went off of the defender's leg. It went off my guy. Yeah. It went off the, like he was trying to save it and he kicked it into the upper corner and they didn't call it an own goal. That's because it was on, it was on that. Yeah, it was our, it was on net anyway. Yeah. It's, so, all right, gotcha. So if it's not on net and it right. hits off your player, then it's no goal. Right, so if it's a corner kick and a guy gets a fingernail on it, but it wasn't going in the goal, 
Right, Mike? Yeah, which is what <laughs> happened exactly. That's why I'm 20 points down. Mike needs a solid regret of the week. He needs an own goal <laughs> clarification of the week. Uh, he needs the, uh, what was the hockey one? The power ranking regret of the week. The, no, the, the Sala is going to be the one that I carry with me to my grave. The, the Man City-Tottenham game was actually pretty good with the, the last, I mean, that was crazy how they tied it up or they leveled the match and then Tottenham came down and scored Harry fucking Kane. Well, and Tottenham scored again, but they took the goal away because the dude was offside. Yeah. And then on that third goal that Kane scored or the third goal that they scored, I thought that was offside again, but it turned out it wasn't. It was real close. It was close. So they Glenn, were just doing fast breaks. Glenn, I know you don't want in, but <laughs> you're actually in fifth place in our uh, Champions League pool. <laughs> with your, there's your team name. All right. <laughs> what, what, do I, what do I get? But you got six points. Well, not, nothing right now. Did that buy me a quiver of hours? <laughs> Did I have a negative score already? You don't owe anything. Yeah, you had a you had a rough one. Let me. Uh... I'm not good at picking teams. Dave, what are you doing with that little fuzz on your on your chin? What am I doing with it? Catching <laughs> like, beer. It, it looks a little different than usual. He's trying to catch beer in it. Like yeah. a Guinness. Yeah. yeah, negative five from Milan, inner Milano there, Kip. It was so good for a while, like the last 10 minutes. Yeah, that's right. They gave it all up at the end. Yeah. And, yeah, and the right. next matches are, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, huh? Yep. Yep. And that'll be the end of first round, right? Right. That'll yeah. be end of the round, leg one. And then they'll pick well, no, rounds you got, two and three. Well, you got leg two as the leg same two. team. There's still leg two of those. Well, that's teams. right. We still got leg two. And then you yeah. got to, and then they'll redraw after the eliminations. Yeah. Yeah. So good way to go, Glenn. You got, you got to pick up Salzburg. That was uh, that's a nice uh, bonus to get the uh, get positive points out of Salzburg. They tied Liver. Who they tie? Liverpool. They tied somebody. Salzburg, I think, weren't they playing uh, Bayern Munich? Yeah, they tied. That's right. They tied Baron. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a huge upset to tie them. Yeah. Nope. Hey, Glenn, your team is called Red Bull. It's Red Bull Salzburg. Okay. Glad you could join our, our yeah, league. Thanks for joining. I'm, I'm glad I'm part of it. I, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I want to hear Mike paid his fees, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. If you're looking for a check, it's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hear Glenn pronounce all of the team names. Jack, you didn't have a team play yet, did you? No, neither of mine played yet. Okay. I like your name, Luca Naldo. Luca Naldo. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of calling for the ball in yep. your, your games. I've got guys with their hands up the whole time. Speaking of Lukaku, did you see that he set a record for the least amount of touches in a 90-minute game <laughs> really? last weekend? It was like seven. Bad, that's bad. Bad, bad, bad. And he wanted to go back to Inter, right? That was his team in Italy? Yeah. Yes. Kip, that would have been good for you. Yeah, uh, well, not apparently the way he's playing. Well, he would have played better there because that's true. Yeah, every it's... week the coach is dissing him in his press conference. Yep, <laughs> it's not a good scene. And then he, I guess if Manchester United doesn't finish in the top four, Ronaldo's going to leave. Yeah, if they don't make the Champions League, he, they gave him permission to to split. I don't think next year when he comes in. Three weeks in, we do a real wheel of Ronaldo. I just think he wasn't worth the uh, the effort of giving him to Jerry. 
Well, uh, where does he rank on forward points? Like, where? What forward rank does he have? He's he's up he should there. Be pretty far up there, I would think. Yeah. Oh, a second. Yeah, he, I mean, he's doing bad for him, but doing pretty good for forwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's top ten. Antonio's third, and he hasn't had more than two points in a week in like two months. That's what a great start he had. He had all his points the first month. Are you playing him, or are you? I, him? How can I take him out? You know, if he goes like if he goes nuts and has four games, you know, if it's not a, without win losses, you can't take guys out like that. You got to let them hope that they get hot again. Um, what are we going to do for World Cup? Have we talked about that at all? Somebody's got to step up and volunteer to do that. Mike, I'll do it. <laughs> I have Just a five league. I have a five league limit. <laughs> Hey, we I'll may not have baseball this year. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I keep meaning to send a thing out to everybody and let them know, even though I, I was getting to the point of dropping out of getting rid of it, but I'm just going to tell everybody, if they can't get their crap together in a COVID environment, and screw those guys. So we'll play out this year and be done. Somebody else wants to pick it up, they can. I can't believe they're going to strike or lock out or whatever it is. Well, they're going to strike or walk out, and then nothing will happen. Right. They'll give a you know a couple million in the luxury tax, which means nothing, right. and nothing right. will change. Right. Either get a salary cap or don't. Yep. We're staying locked out for three years. Who cares? Fuck baseball. Yep. It's a dying sport anyway. Yep. It really is. Yep. It is. Did you see that goal um, that Mane scored? The first Liverpool goal that was pretty amazing. Mike doesn't have an attachment to Mane. No, I like the name because uh, the way the English say that. Money. <laughs> That's how it is, huh? I'm trying to find the. I'll, I'll do the. I'll do the World Cup once we have all the qualifiers. We could either do this the wheel spin or act an actual draft because there are what 32 teams. So if we got, you know, if we get eight people, everybody gets four teams. You know, you could do something fun like that. Got to do a draft. Yep. And I think uh, I think Canada is on the verge of making the World Cup for the first time since '86 or something. Is the U.S. going to make it or no? I think the U.S. still is in the mix because it's four. I think I think it's Canada, Mexico, U.S., and somebody else are up at the top four in the North American, South American division. Uh, or North America, North and Central American division, and uh, but there's still like three more qualifying matches to go, or four more qualifying matches to go. So America's just going to get drilled if they get into it. Yeah. yeah, still plenty of ball. So going back to that Sid goal, Huglan, what do you think of that? Sid got his 500th against the Flyers. Was not paying attention. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Sid. <laughs> Where's Claude Lemieux going to get traded to? Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. Colorado. Claude Lemieux a lot better. Colorado he for sure. He'd probably be the best player in our team right now. So. <laughs> Claude Lemieux. <laughs> Even in his heyday. <laughs> Claude Giroux as a Colorado Avalanche is, uh, if I sneak into the playoffs, could be dangerous for you guys. Yeah. Be interesting. If the, would you guys want him out there? Do you hate him that much? That's. I don't think it's a hate that. I, I think that's... I don't think we hate him at all. He's center, right? He's not like a hate. He can play wing too. He's not really a hateable wing, guy. Yeah, he plays wing. He's no yeah. Sid. 
We took right. Jeff Carter, who was sort yeah. of like a flyer for a while. Still yeah. Doing yeah. And, and Carter's absolutely loved here now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, should, yeah, you need to bring Mike Richards in to drive the team uh, into the full <laughs> into the heroin and the cocaine side of things. <laughs> How he, could hang out, he could hang out with Kevin Stevens down at Seattle City all the time. Is that where they is went? That, is that what he did? I didn't. I didn't. Oh know yeah, got. Carter and Richards were just notorious down the shore. Okay. Huh. I heard those stories because they they traded both of them right around the same time, right? Yeah, they got both rid of them, both of them, the same off season. Yeah, wasn't that? I think Carter slept with Hartnell's wife or something. No, was it Hartnell or Lindros? Was was Lindros's girlfriend or? No, I think it was Hartnell's wife because then he got divorced. And okay, I think I think it was that. That was the. I vaguely remember that story, but you know, Carter goes out to L.A. and wins two cups. Yeah, Yeah. Richard did too. Richard, well, I would say Richards, right? It was. Did he win? Both I thought he won. Richards, I thought yeah. he won. He won one at least. Two, yeah. 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 We sent Carter to Columbus. Columbus. Right? Yeah, that was the Voracek trade. Voracek. That was yeah. the Voracek Couturier trade. Yeah. Because they got the pick that they used for Couturier. That's true. Yeah. And then for Richards, what do we get? We got uh, Simmons and Simmons and Shen. Shen. Yeah. That was actually a decent trade. Yeah, yeah neither of them were terrible trades. Mm-hmm. Just it was it was weird timing because just wasn't it right off the heels of the yeah, they were just going to cut that year before. Yeah, the year they, it was it was the off season yeah. after they lost to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it's not often you do that. But so it was it was definitely the drug thing for Richard. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, and, and he's yeah. in trouble. I mean, he got himself in all sorts of trouble coming across the border in Vancouver. He got arrested, yeah. bringing a bunch of drugs. One it was one way or the other. I forget which one. Which direction? I think he was going. Into I think Canada. He was coming in. I, I thought he was coming into okay. the U.S. to go down to like training camp or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't forget, but he had all sorts of stuff on him, hmm. and he just disappeared. So I had a uh, hold on a second. We've been at it for a while. 